Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Caroline. And I'm Kristen. And as part of our summer shorts series, we're going to do a brief history of the jock strap. I like that. And before you go on and say, what does that have to do with summer, Caroline and Kristen? Well, lots of people do sports in the summer. Yeah, sport. They, perfect. Thank and, you. And it also has to do with us wanting to make your summer dreams come true. This was requested by a listener on Facebook. So, hey. Two for one. We're attending to everyone's needs. Yes. The need for jock straps. Yes. And they do. They have, they have a rich history, as I was just telling Kristen. Yeah. I had no idea. Quite extensive. Going back to 1874. Yeah. Yeah. This is according to RussellAthletic.com. Uh, CF Bennett of the sporting goods company Sharp and Smith invented the athletic supporter and sold it through his newly created bike web company. And he designed this, this item to provide support for the bicycle jockeys riding on Boston's bumpy cobblestone streets. And it eventually became shortened to just the jock strap. Yeah. And bike athletic company, which, uh, became the name of CF Bennett's Jockstrap selling company claims to have shipped more than 300 million athletic supporters, as they are also known, over the past 130 years. 300 million testicle sports bras <laughs> being sold. They're kind of like that, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Because it's the same kind of thing if you think about how... You know, uh, we want to protect our breasts during exercise from excessive jiggle and <laughs> yeah. the attendant discomfort that goes with that. Jock straps do a little bit of the same thing, although generally, uh, at least the uh, sports bras that I've worn do not have a hard outer shell in case someone <laughs> punches you in the boob. <laughs> I, I hope that doesn't happen, but maybe we should think about it. I know. Um, well, there were there were a couple developments along the road. Uh, the the actual jockstrap design has not changed much since 1874. But in the early 1900s, there was the Heidelberg electric belt, which is awesome. It was sold as a cure for impotence, insomnia, and kidney disorders. And according to Livestrong.com, it was basically a low voltage jockstrap. Which, yeah, I could imagine now that the, uh, all our fears over, like, cell phone radiation yeah. being near the testicles and what that might d- be doing to male sperm count, FYI, it's, it's not really doing all that much damage. Uh, it, it sounds like the same kind of thing, but just sent straight into. Uh, too bad you can't there. channel phone calls through it. Through your. The Heidelberg electric belt. <laughs> through your jockstrap phone? <laughs> Hey, we might be onto something. Yeah, they had bag phones at one time. <laughs> we need to patent that idea. Um, but at that point, though, when men were sending low voltage currents through their genitals, uh, that hard outer cup that we also associate with the jockstrap was not yet invented. It wasn't until 1927 that Jack Cartledge of the Guelph Elastic Hosiery Company patented the jock and cup, the first hard cup athletic supporter. Because what good is that support if a baseball comes at 97 miles an hour flying towards your package? 
Your package, yes, exactly. You need protection. And over the next, uh, that was, yeah, in 1927, and then over the next 30 years, this cartilage fellow uh, filed 17 more patents, many of which were improvements on the design, such as a pair of tight-fitting shorts with a built-in cup, which is kind of like the compression shorts that people know and love today. But he also came up with the, quote-unquote, uh, underwear harness that featured suspenders. Ah, so you had a lot of options. It's like a reverse girdle for your <laughs> for your jock strap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, seventeen patents of jock strap design. That's that's quite a niche, I gotta say. He had he had an interest and a passion. But the question is, are jock straps really all that necessary? Because uh, while Caroline and I do not hang out at enough uh, ma- in enough male locker rooms, or really, okay, no, we don't hang out in male locker rooms at all. So we can't tell you from firsthand experience whether or not guys are still sporting them. And it seems like the jock strap has fallen by the wayside uh, since sales have dropped significantly from their peak in the 1960s. Yeah, uh, Daniel Axt in 2005 wrote an article on Slate basically saying, you know, hey, I was, uh, I was in the gym and this guy's boxer shorts were hanging out of his exercise shorts and I was like, that's not enough support. So he starts asking around and finds out that fewer guys are wearing jock straps. And, you know, as, as to the question of, well, shouldn't you be? Isn't it safer? Uh, he quotes a doctor who said that it's really an old athlete's tale that wearing a jock, jock strap protects you from getting a hernia. So why even bother? He asks a, another doctor. And Dr. William Roberts, the past president of the American College of Sports Medicine, says, well, they kind of keep the genitalia from flopping around is the best I could tell you. Yeah. And to be a little more specific, this is from John Pryor, um, a urologist who was talking to men's health. He said, too much jiggling around during exercise can bruise your testicles or your epididymis, the tube that carries your sperm. A bruised epididymis does not sound pleasant. He says it's usually harmless, but as you can imagine, bruised testicles don't feel too great. Yeah. Now, this the Slate article in Men's Health were not the only sources wondering whether or not jock straps were physiologically necessary. Um, there was an article that I found from Health Magazine in the early 90s that detailed the research of Waldo E. Sweet, who was a late professor of classics at the University of Michigan, who was fascinated by the concept of ancient Greek athletes exercising in the nude. And he was wondering how on earth did these guys wrestle around and run and just let everything flop around naked without um, hurting themselves. And so he did extensive studies, and he ended up uh, publishing a paper in 1985 entitled Protection of the Genitals, in Greek, ancient Greek athletes, um, in which he found that basically the, you know, the testicles are already protected by being able to shift around inside the scrotum. And then if you start working out and you're moving around a bunch, your spermatic cord will pull the testicles toward the body, hopefully out of harm's way. And then finally, as if that's not enough, the muscles of the scrotum will tighten automatically when they're being jostled. Well, that sounds like testicles are magical. Testicles, yeah, they can just whoop, move right up. Which, like, I would think of it as our as our boobs being able to kind of invert to prevent excess jiggle. Oh, that's what that feeling was earlier. For a run. <laughs> oh, just my just my boobs inverting. <laughs> oh, 
Um, but yeah, like we said, I mean, the, the, uh, the jock strap is really, it's kind of seen as uncool now. Yeah. And a lot of athletes are going the way of compression shorts. And I asked my roommate about it because he does like MMA and boxing and manly fighting gross stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, jock strap. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, uh, it's definitely now seen as sort of a bygone of the, World War One and World War Two eras, because in World War One uh, they were routinely issued to every U.S. serviceman because they believed that all of the marching that soldiers would do might excessively jiggle their testicles into disrepair. Hmm. So soldier jockstraps. Yeah, and so that's why I carried over from World War Two into 19. 19- 50s and 60s gymnasiums. Interesting. So b- from bicycle jockeys to wartime. Mm-hmm. To sports people. To, com- to compression shorts. There you go. Well, there are variations of the jockstrap. And I mean, they're not all that radically different from one another, but there are a couple. Uh, Livestrong.com cites the, the two standard waistband widths. There's the one-inch swimmer style and standard three-inch style. There's also a thong style. I thought they were, oh, yeah, okay. Cause so there's, it goes up. yeah, they go around, but then the thong one just goes right up the butt crack. Instead of going around the butt, yeah. cupping the yeah, butt cheeks. Yeah, exactly. Cradling it. Um, there's the slingshot, which, uh, has no straps and uses the weight of the testicles to hold it in place. I had no that idea. daring. It does sound, it sounds like you're taking a chance. Uh, and then there is a swimming jock strap, which is the same elastic waistband and leg straps, but the pouch material is usually quick drying, stretchy, and open knit. And then your favorite, Caroline, the hockey jock. Yeah. Just picturing. I didn't Google image search this. I just want to let the image that's in my head just be. Tell, what, what is the hockey jock? Well, it's, uh, it's equipped with clips to hold up, uh, hockey players long leg covering socks. So it's kind of like a, like a garter belt jock strap sock combination. A, a garter jock. <laughs> and I'm picturing something that is so not sexy. I bet your roommate has, secretly has he a hockey have. jock. He used to play hockey. He <laughs> might. I'll have to ask him about that. So, Jock straps, not necessary, except for the hard cup can be helpful if yeah. you're playing a, an intensive contact sport, like mm-hmm. something like lacrosse where one of those uh, sticks could go someplace you might not want it to go. But in terms of the support, eh, you yeah. can wear those compression shorts or just rely, like uh, Professor Sweet taught us, you can just rely on the natural jock strap that is the scrotum. Yeah, I mean, let's just bring back naked exercising. Sure. There you go. Caroline, you you said it. (laughs) I mean, I'm not participating. (laughs) But for those of you who exercise. So there you have it. Jock straps. Everything you wanted to know and probably way more. Yeah. If you would like to write us, momstuffatdiscovery.com is where you can send your letters. Uh, And for this jock straps episode, we ask no no images but yeah any guys out there if you still compression shorts or jock straps or nothing at all just boxer shorts i'm kind of curious how often do you wash your jock strap yeah do you have to how do you do you, are the cups dishwasher safe do you just pop them in the i wonder 
All right. Well, in the meantime, I've got an email here from Lauren in response to our episode on women in archaeology. And it's very cool that she wrote in because she's a grad student in historical archaeology, which is the study of the modern world since European contact in 1492. And uh, she was commenting on the fact that archaeology has a long history of being male-dominated, but she does think it is slowly changing. The majority of my graduate classes in archaeology, both at the MA level and a different a different school at the PhD level, have been populated with mainly female students. While it is true that I have only ever had one female archaeology professor, I think this will start to change in the next 15 to 20 years as archaeologists of my generation start to teach. She also wanted to let us know that we missed one of the best chauvinistic quotes out there by Ivor Noel Hume, who is considered to be the father of historical archaeology. He says, in part, digging is, after all, a masculine occupation. And while more women than men are likely to do well in the pot washing shed or in the laboratory, shovel wielding females are not everyday sites in Western society. If they're to be useful on a site and the right women can be splendid excavators, they must be prepared to be accepted as men, eschewing the traditional rights of their sex. It is vastly time-wasting for men in one area to be constantly hopping up and down to push barrows for women working in another. Hmm. Hmm. Well, Ebor. <laughs> and thanks to Lauren and everybody else who has written in. Momstuff at Discovery.com is where you can send your letters. You can also find us on Facebook. Leave a request there. We just proved that we do pay attention. We might make your podcast dream come true. <laughs> or, you can, or you can tweet us at MomStuffPodcast. And if you want to find out more fun stuff about, well, not jock straps, but other cool stuff, yeah. you can head over to HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?